All right, so this week we're going to go over MCs, what, what a common mission is for a missional community. And um, to review from last week, just one basic thing. We're, we're trying to grow in three things with the missional community. We're trying to grow in love towards God, with God. We, we're trying to love one another as a community. And we're trying to grow in loving our neighbors in the city. So these are the three parts of missional community, which make missional community unique because it's not just loving God and loving each other, but that the third piece of the, the community or a specific mission um, is what makes it so unique. Um, let me define what a common mission is. This is just taken from Soma. A common mission is your community's unified effort to love through word and deed a specific people group. People, a uh, specific group of people, okay? So a common mission is your community's unified effort to love through word and deed a specific group of people. So real quick, why a common mission? Why are we doing this? This is, I know for most of us, we've never experienced this. Um, obviously, we, we have been on mission at some level. Mission being sharing the gospel, loving people in Jesus' name, but doing it as a community where all of us are focused on one specific um, goal on a regular basis outside of mission, mission, um, trip is probably unfamiliar for most of us. So here's the explanation of why. First of all, like we said last week, no one church can reach every person, every kind of person. No one church can uh, cater on a Sunday to every kind of group, but yet one church can mobilize a bunch of smaller groups to care about lots of different groups and reach all kinds of people. Okay, so that's one of the reasons. This is our way to be able to expand our reach because if you guys ever read a church planning book or take a church planning class, they're often going to ask you, what's your target group? In other words, who are you going to focus on? Not to the exclusion of other people, but especially. So one church will say, we're going to focus on college students. Another church will say, we're going to focus on Somalis. Or another church, we're going to focus on rich white people or whatever it is. Like, you name it. And some people will say that. Like, someone's got to reach rich white people. And so there's some people who will say that. So what we're trying to say is we're trying to reach, we're trying to mobilize our people to reach all kinds of people. And None of us will individually reach all kinds of people, but the church as a whole will, as the Holy Spirit leads each group. Is, does that make sense? That, that's why each group has a common mission. Um, and this gives us the ability to reach all kinds of peoples. Um, number two, mission is more effective if we do it together. If we're doing it together, there's a variety of gifts on display. And so I have certain gifts that some of you don't have. And some of you guys have gifts that I will never have. And together we work together and we bolster each other up. And so you got the talking extroverted evangelistic types, encouraging those who are more quiet and the other quiet people are going to be able to see things, are going to serve in ways that the extroverts like myself are going to totally miss. And sometimes we can be terrible with social awareness and, and there's just going to be a beautiful harmony as we work together, bolstering each other's gifts and all of our gifts will rub off each other in time and, and, and will strengthen in areas that we're weak. So I'm just kind of going back to what I just said. I actually can grow in some of those things if you guys help me. Um, another thing is there's more people to carry the mission together. So we talked about large enough to dare, small enough to care. If there's, um, let's say a community or a family, a very low income family who's struggling and we want to come around that family and support them, help them, tutor, tutor their kids, take some, take their kids to school, give the, 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 the single mom a break, uh, a day, whatever it is, like these different things that we can do if there's just only three of us or just one of us doing it that can bury that person it can be overwhelming 
but as a community, we each play our role and we can bolster each other up. And several of us can have triplets one week, one, I mean, not one week, but one season and just be totally buried. But you know what? It's okay. There's the other half of the community that can come around and help those people too. And so it bolsters the ability to serve people, especially people who are in hard places. Another way that is more effective as we do it together is that we get to love one another and display it to these people. And the way we interact with each other displays the gospel rather than us doing it by ourselves. Reason number three, this is a training ground for personal mission. The reality is most Christians will struggle sharing the gospel and being outward focused. And so this is a training ground that kind of builds up the missional muscles and impulses to think about other people where the more we do it together as a group, the more we have the boldness and the strength and encouragement to do it like at Elise's workplace where she's one of the only Christians and surrounded by unbelievers. And probably a lot of us would say we're surrounded by a lot of unbelievers. And the more we're doing it together, we'll, we'll overflow into those individual times. So when we say shared mission, we're not saying forget your workplace, forget your home, forget your family, whatever it is. We're saying both and but the shared mission catalyzes the individual everyday mission. Number four, um, more oppor- opportunities disciple each other on mission. You see Jesus' um, discipling of his, his disciples, oftentimes it was while they were doing something. And so uh, the disciples are trying to cast out a demon and they're realizing it's not working because they lack faith. Boom, teaching opportunity. Jesus starts teaching them. If any of you guys have been on a mission trip, and I've been on so many, those are the times where my character or the lack of character is revealed. Where I get short with people, I didn't get the sleep I wanted, and so all of a sudden I'm a little snippy with people, and then now this is an opportunity for people to love me and to correct me with grace, um, where there's times where my weaknesses will be shown or my sin, and we can love each other. Mission reveals the junk inside of us. It's a great opportunity for us to disciple one another. Uh, Let's say we're serving a family, and the whole time we're noticing that family is not head over heels in love with us and so grateful that we're there to serve them. And all of a sudden I'm like, man, these people are ungrateful. Why are we here? And, and David is like, brother, like we don't love because we're trying to get them to love us back, right? Like we don't love with an agenda. We love because God has first loved us. This is a great opportunity for my junk to rise to the surface and David now to speak gospel truth and love me in that situation. Um, and so when we're on mission, that's when things come out. And that also, that's also, you know, when you see people who share the gospel regularly, those people actually know their stuff well in the Bible eventually because they're challenged, Someone says, well, wait, why do you believe in the Bible? And you're like, well, I don't know why I believe in the Bible. Hold on. And then you go back and you study, you research, and you ask your community. And so mission is going to put us on the front lines to deal with theology and doctrine and the Bible. And so, hey, wait, how, where is a good God? Why is my life so hard? Oh, and Seth is like, uh, I don't know what to say to that. Boom, let me get back to you. And all of a sudden, we're all starting to grow and get sharper. But if we're only just consuming and talking to one another, we're not going to get sharper. When we're thrown into a situation, just like any job that is hands-on oriented, what, how do you learn? You just get thrown in there and you're like, I don't know what I'm doing. And you have to learn or you're going to fail. And this is mission together puts us in those opportunities. Okay, so those are a few reasons why we do common mission. Okay, now this is the part where I think it's going to be really helpful. There are three common categories. The blooms just drove by. There are three common categories for shared mission. Okay, I think this is going to be really helpful because shared mission just kind kind of sounds very ambiguous. Okay, one, a neighborhood or geographically based. 
Two, a network or like affinity group. So, um, so network being like, hey, you guys are all musicians and we love musicians, we're gonna reach musicians. Or we, we love joggers, so we're gonna reach joggers. So it's affinity based rather than ge- geography. Third, it's a, it's a people group, specifically a broken people group, whether it's the um, widows, orphans, refugees, it's the forgotten four that we talk about. Widows, or, um, orphans, the poor, and refugees, immigrants. The forgotten four. So these are three categories. Again, location, like geography. Two, network. Three, it is a people group. So let me break, a, break them apart. Geography, this one's very ish, easy to, to grasp. Uh, if we all live in a, in a vicinity, we're going to reach our neighborhood. So whether that's doing a grill, we're going to grill out every day at a certain, not every day, at a, once a week at a certain time, invite neighbors, get involved at a local school, park, trying to think of initiatives to reach those people. Now, the challenge is if you don't live there, it's, it makes for a very awkward and inefficient mission. Uh, if you have all these people um, kind of, and this is this is what we found with lots of community groups at our previous churches, that we would be living in five different cities, and so we all commute. So it's kind of like, it's kind of weird and unnatural for like, you know, tons of us to hang out at this one house and try to reach neighbors when you don't live there. So that's one of the negatives. But if there, but if a lot of people live near, it can be a very beautiful, powerful thing. Number two. Uh, and especially because there's a lot of natural overlap because you see each other outside, you may go to the park cross street, and you're like, oh, you're already here. And there's a natural overlap there. Second, networks. Um, this one makes a lot of sense. So it could be around um, something like arts or a community can come around a gaming community, you know, or uh, a school or a certain sports or something like that. It could be a group that focuses on single moms, uh, which would be kind of the third one but um or a book club or something like that Uh, the reality is all of these can be anything really we can just be very creative third and this is the one um let me let me actually say go back real quick one of the challenges to the network focus is that it can be very exclusive and you can just tend to spend the rest of your life reaching people who are just like you and completely ignoring people who are not like you and will get you out of your comfort zone. And usually people who focus on this one are not really connected to the forgotten four. And so you can go your whole life just reaching people who are just like you because you like them. Obviously, that's not a bad thing, but uh, totally neglecting other people. Finally, uh, the forgotten four. Um, who are the vulnerable in our neighborhood, city, or town? Uh, who are the marginalized who don't get experience, um, who, who, who don't get exposure that we overlook, that we don't even see because they're so invisible? Um, uh, maybe it could be something as it could be something like orphans, or it could be something like shut-ins or Alzheimer's patients, um, retirement homes, the people that no one cares about, the the people that that are are burdens to society. Um, when, when you get off the highway to get onto, um, um, Cedar, there's a whole area on the right side, there's grass and there's usually homeless people who sleep there. I mean, they're out of the way. You kind of have to go around and around back to get to them. Um, that, that's a people group. Um, um, working with, uh, arrived ministries, you can adopt a family and come around as a community to help them get with, get jobs with learning English, different things like that. Um, my friend Eric 
he uh, runs this ministry called Life on Life Mentoring, and they, they train people how to do mentoring, mentor urban youth. And so maybe a community can come around and mentor a few um, young people. Um, the challenge is, is that mission to the poor especially requires a concerted and collective effort towards unlikely friendships and distant neighbors. It's, it's not a natural, unless you live in a really, really poor area where you're surrounded, we're, most of us, if we pick this kind of mission, we're going to have to go above and beyond out of our way to make this happen because it's not a natural overlap unless you put yourself out there, which is going to mean that we're going to have to be very disciplined about the way we spend our time and how we can be strategic and overlapping our natural rhythms with these people. Um, And another challenge is with these, that we can, we can kind of have the white Messiah complex. You guys remember that kind of terminology? Kind of come in as like the, uh, the savior. Uh, I don't want to use white as a derogatory way, but kind of like the, oh, these poor people, we're so much better than them. Let's go help them out. But like these are people we love and we care for and they're brothers and sisters. In, they could be brothers and sisters in Christ and yet they are at least uh, bearing the image of God. And so there's a different posture that I would be just like you apart from the grace of God rather than this kind of, um, um, it, it, there's a distinct smell to that. If you, if you look at, if you read the book, um, uh, When Helping Hurts, there's a whole section that talks about this, the, the Messiah complex of coming in. So we got to be careful with that. We're, we're, we're in need of grace as they're in need of grace. But as God has given us, we are now blessed to be a blessing to them. Final thing, um, let me give you a, uh, an example, and then let me talk about that it's a process. This is all going to take process and something that is going to be really annoying, honestly, for me, because I like doing things like this. Like even within our core group, this launch team, I want family community like this, where we're just like in love with each other. We just loving each other all the time. We're anticipatory for all each other's needs, but that's not, the, that's not going to be the case for time. It takes a lot of time. And just like that shared mission takes a lot of time. It takes a long time for us to figure out how to overlap our schedules. It's going to take time for us to care and grow our hearts. Because frankly, I don't give a rip half the time. And so I, I recently picked up a guy on the side of the street who's off of a, um, 11th. And um, his name is Ryan Olson. And he needed gas. He had a gas can. And he has two broken ribs and he's looking for work. He's ACI certified as a, as a mechanic, but probably needs several hundred dollars to get going at, as like a, even a bare minimum lube tech because he doesn't have any tools anymore. He's sleeping in his car with his cat. So like as I wrestled through that, I was like, okay, do I want to have him stay at my house? Or what if he was in this group tonight? How we would have to shift our focus and the way we talk and and in different things like that, um, he's getting shower, free showers at the Opportunity Center. And like, am I really willing to take hours of my week to spend time with this guy to care for him? And the reality is I, I'm not sure. And so that's why as a community, we can come around and it's not like, oh, that's Sam's guy. No, it's our guy. We care for him together. He's not a project. It's a person we're loving and we're trying to bring apart to be part of this community in a way before he even belongs. That, in a way, he belongs before he even belongs. And we care for him. Let me give you an example. This is a, a true story about a Soma missional community that um, came up, that adopted a, um, adopted a, um, a adopt, uh, refugee family. This, mission, this missional community, um, they had a 
traveling consultant. This is the makeup of their church. They had a tra- traveling consultant, a nurse, a teacher, a, a, a barista, a stay-at-home mom, a writer, a cab driver, and an environmental scientist. Okay, so really random makeup of people. Each was available at various times, and each had unique gifts in caring for the family. The traveling consultant used reward points to purchase lots of home goods for the family while he was on a business trip. The teacher tutored the kids. The stay-at-home mom supported the mother while the barista and cab driver were flexible enough to take them places like the grocery store, doctor, and job interviews. The writer helped them build their resume for jobs. The environmental scientist helped them get a tax refund. This is a community on mission. Isn't that beautiful? None of them saying like, oh man, I gotta give you all your rides. I can do No, it's like together, we're each playing a role. And it's going to look very unremarkable at times, but if we pan out and we give it time, it's going to be a very beautiful thing. It's going to take time. It's going to take gospel. It's going to take patience, and, and we'll see God do amazing things. But we're going to need a lot of prayer and creativity. And, and so what we're trying to do now is now that we have these categories, we're going to start praying and seeking God and asking and getting, trying to be creative and think of ways that we can come around uh, a certain one of these categories, whether it's a location, network, or people. And, uh, and, and just imagine this. Imagine a year or two from now, if we had even five or six missional communities, part of All People's Church, each one was owning a group. Like this is like the, the, the one all about foster care, and this one is all about refugees, and this one was all about you name it. How beautiful would that be? And eventually these people, God willing, would be part of our church and part of our body. And they could say, I was once lost and now I'm found. Um, that, that's exciting. And let's pray towards that end.